0: Lesson this morning, the title of our lesson today is one that we all like, or at least I like, Calming the Storm. Oh, hallelujah. I love it when the storm is calmed. Anybody like the storm? No takers, that's what I thought. Amen. Uh The text this morning is Mark, the fourth chapter, verse 35 through 41, Mark chapter number four, verse 35 through 41. And it says, And the same day when the even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him, say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and then rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind... And the sea obey him. You may be seated this morning, calming the storm. Praise the Lord. I hope this morning there's a few nuggets in this. There's a lot of nuggets, but there's a few few things in this text that I have never uh, seen before, and it's pretty pretty intriguing to your mind. So I hope we leave intrigued this morning. Praise the Lord. No account gives so complete an itinerary of a single day in Jesus' life as the gospel gives on the day leading up to Jesus calming the stormy sea. The day was so full that it ended with Jesus falling into an outwardly sleep on a pillow the disciples laid under his head. This is the only account we have of Jesus sleeping on that day, needy men and women surrounded him, touched him, begged him, brought their children to him. He wrestled demons from men's souls and for his troubles. He was accused of being in the league with the devil. He blessed the broken, cleansed the leper, healed Peter's mother-in-law, healed a paral- paralytic, listened to a centurion, and healed the manservant. And then Jesus climbed a small mountain and commissioned 12 disciples. Pretty busy day. Wow. He did a lot that day. Keep on going. He withstood the withering doubt of his own blood brothers before he ever sailed upon the sea that evening. He had already spent the day in the deep. The deep of humanity. Humanity. You ever felt like you was in the deep? And I look at that sometimes as the deep of humanity as other people, but sometimes I've been the deep of this humanity right here. Couldn't shake myself out of it. The deep of humanity, I see a sea of people, waves of disease, the test of enemies, a thousand hands reaching out to him, clogging at him, sapping his body of strength. One desperate request at a time. They pushed and pulled in every direction, straining the furthest limits of human endurance. At one point, the crowds were so dense and drew in so close that Jesus was backed onto the shore of Galilee, right up to the edge of the water, out of space and needing to spend time teaching. He had to get in a boat, push off a little from the shore to create a little separation between himself and the multitude so that everyone could hear. After he was done speaking, and evening was near, he found that his work was still not done. His disciples were puzzled by the parables, so they asked their wearied master to teach it again, but this time with detailed commentary. That was a lot going on that day. Wow. Wow. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot happening. A lot of personal strain for jesus a lot of people needing jesus and depending on jesus and and wanting him to answer questions or heal their body or give them some good wisdom some teaching some understanding pulling and drawing and he was just completely physically worn out wow sometimes i get that away Do you ever have that time where you say, I think everybody needs something from me? That little pity party that we throw ourselves every now and then? (laughs) Sometimes it's an all-out bash at my house and I just throw myself a pity bash, I guess. (laughs) I just feel like everybody needs something from me. The text won't quit, the emails won't quit, the phone won't quit, somebody's Run over the dog and the tires flatten and eh uh, oh, Yeah, one of them days. Man, what a day. Jesus' physical body was spent. Some unique things uh, that we find in our scripture. I want to reread it and I want to point out something. Verse 35. And the same day when the evening was come, he said, Let us pass over to the other side. And when they had sent the multitude or sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. I never noticed this part of the, the scripture. I, I read this. I don't know. We've all read this. And maybe y'all know what that means. They took him even as he was in the ship, and there were also with him other little ships. If you go back into some commentaries, the lesson. Has a lesson connection that brings this out. He was already asleep. He had preached and preached and taught and healed until his body just finally said, I'm done, and went to sleep. And they picked him up, even as he was asleep, and brought him into the ship and laid him down on the pillow. Wow. I'd never seen that before. Maybe y'all have... that was that was intriguing to my mind now that's a day wow that's an exhausting day wow the sea on which jesus and his disciples sailed was not a figurative sea it was the sea of galilee the sea is essentially a modest sized lake the jewish people were more willing to to sail and fish this body of water, but although the Sea of Galilee is a lake, snow-cooled winds from the nearby Mount Hermon frequently roll into the lake and clash with the dry, warm winds coming from the Jordan Desert. This results in what we know what that happens in East Texas: violent wind storms. Mm-hmm. Fishermen generally knew when and when not to sail. No doubt they had seen the signs, but Jesus asked them to sail. They must have believed they would be okay, since Jesus knew things they did not. But once again, but once the storm arose and tossed their small ship around, they thought their moments were numbered. They thought it was all over with. These disciples, uh, these faithful good servants of the Lord thought, okay, today's it. These are men that were comfortable and competent in the sea and dealing with water and dealing with boats of that time, uh, masters of the craft, if you will, and they thought, okay, we did all we could do. This is over. Mark 4 and 38, it says, Master, carest thou not that we perish? We finna go. Don't you care? From somewhere deep in the dreams, Jesus awakened. The disciples saw the lightning etched on the master's pupil. Jesus lifted his head off the pillow and stood to his feet. The disciples, who had just given up hope of being saved by their own skill, looked back at Jesus as the winds whipped through his hair and pulled at his wet robe. More flashes of lightning streaked the sky, and then his mouth shaped the words, Peace, be still and it was how many times do i get myself into that place that i have done all i can do i have run myself ragged i've tried everything i know how to try then i say lord what do you think I done done all I know how to do. Uh I done spent all the money I have. I done give all my energy. I've done a bunch of foolish things that I shouldn't have done because I was just trying to do something. Uh And it's all coming down to this moment that is either sink or swim. Mm -hmm. And then I decide, let me try the Lord. Let me try that. Uh Why do we do that? Not we. Why do I do that? Why do I do that? Why do I do that? The disciples had been had seen leprosy retreat from sick bodies, demons leached out of men's souls, and Jesus at Jesus' command. That day they just seen all of this stuff. But they couldn't fathom that Jesus could control the wind. Wow. They couldn't understand that Jesus could control the forces of nature. They, they, they couldn't understand that any human being would have access to the nature switch and could turn it off at any moment they wanted to. They could not comprehend that in their mind. Yeah, he could heal people, and that was miraculous. Yeah. Yes, he could make leprosy go away, and blind eyes open, and he could cast out devils, and wow, that's, that's some pretty cool stuff. But when it comes to the wind and the waves and the nature, yeah. that's a little bit outside of the scope. Yeah. Yeah. And then they looked at him and said, well, we'll try it. Nothing else is going to work. We'll give that in a try. And here we are, Jesus just said three little words, peace, be still. Can you imagine the sea? I, 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 I've been on some pretty rough waters myself, um, being ignorant and knowing better. You know how it is. I just want to go and I think we can catch one more fish. I know it looks bad, but I think we can catch one more. Right, it's it's got rough. Sister Misty's been speaking in tongues before we got back to the to the, to the land. I tell you right now, uh, it's an unknown tongue. I don't want to repeat. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> uh, yeah, Th- these men could not understand that. And as I was as I was thinking this morning of about our lesson is, what is it that I can't comprehend Jesus doing? They couldn't comprehend Jesus stopping the wind, and I can poke fun at them, and I can say a lot of things, but what is it in my life, what is the storm in my situation that I can't comprehend Jesus doing something about? Every one of us has the opportunity to doubt. We, we can all doubt. That's the easy part. That's the natural part, if you will. And every one of us can have faith. But what is it that we can't have faith for? What is it that we choose to say, I don't know if you can do this, God, I know, I trust you, and I know you can do this and that and that. I trust you can do that. But what is that one thing that I don't know if I can trust you to do? Wow. I want my trust to grow. I want my faith to grow. Typically when that happens, when my faith grows, I have to go through that storm and address that one thing. I had to be on a boat that's rocking figuratively in my life in that situation to come up and say, all right, here it is. You're going to believe it or not. Hmm. And a lot of times I had to get to the end of me first. And then I say, now I'll trust you, Lord. If I could only learn the lesson prior to it, If I could only get get it down before that. You know, they say experience is the best teacher. It's actually the worst teacher. You may learn it the best, but the lesson is the worst. Oh, hallelujah. I got it, Lord, but I had to take 12 stripes on my back, but I got it. Why do I have to learn it the hard way? Mm. I talk to my children. I'm going to pick on them. They're not here. I talk to them about this speed limit that we were supposed to obey. And I tell them pretty regularly, you're going to learn the hard way. You better slow it down. You're going to learn the hard way. When you get that ticket, you're paying for your insurance. I'm not. You better learn it. I'm telling you. You think they learned it? No. You think I learned it when I was their age? No. We're hard-headed. And we have to learn it the hard way. Oh, I wish I could learn easier. I want to be teachable. And sometimes... Granddaddy, I pride myself in being teachable. But then there's these other things that I know better. I need to teach you. Mm. And then I get to learn the hard way. Mm. Oh, hallelujah. Mm. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. The disciples had seen all of this happen. But they couldn't imagine the Lord turning the wind off. Yet at the Sea of Galilee, suddenly the storm ceased. It was not because it had spent its force or someone had prayed and impressed a prayer. The storm ceased from three short words from the lips of Jesus. Like a deafening stadium speaker going out in the middle of a song as the singer still tried to sing, boom, the storm stopped. The lightning, thunder, and, and wind lost their amplitude. Moments earlier, waves threatened the men, but those self-same waves now tumbled to a stop at the edge of the boat. Can you imagine that? I, I don't know. I have this visual image of my mind of this boat just rocking and rocking and jumping, and maybe they were... Maybe they were getting sick. I don't know. It's just everything is everywhere soaking wet. And then, boom, it's over. Boom, done, quiet, peaceful, and calm. Mm. The disciples' eyes turned back to the master. Their mouths fell agape. It slowly dawned on them that the Christ with them in the boat was far more powerful and fearful than the storm they had just escaped. They had gone from dread to an even greater dread. What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Verse 41 of Mark chapter 5, it said, And they feared exceedingly, And said one to another, what manner of man is this? Now these guys were scared to death in this boat. Thought they were fitting to die. It was all over with. Jesus calmed the storm and they got scareder. If that's a word. That's the word we use in Tadmore, right, Ronald? They got scareder. How do you get more scared than fitting to lose your life? And they feared exceedingly. It, it went up another notch because they were such in awe of what the Lord had. What manner of man is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? Who is this guy? I thought we knew him. But who's this guy? They knew Jesus was a man. They had just watched him spin himself like a man. They had carried his sleep, sleepy body to a pillow and placed it, a place of slumber. But what kind of man? Psalms 107 in Israel's songbook taught them that God, not a man, calms the sea. What kind of man could do this? No mere man could, but Jesus did. Therefore, Jesus was no mere man. No mere man could, but Jesus did. Therefore, Jesus was no mere man. As his followers would soon come to more fully understand, Jesus was the God-man. Very man and very God. God incarnate. Jesus was God in flesh incarnate does anyone know what that means to give bodily form or substance to God in bodily form incarnate in our age some people have a difficult time believing that Jesus was God this is interesting many in our day believe he came as a man they have no trouble believing Jesus was a carpenter, a rabbi, a prophet, or even a miracle worker. But they cannot muster the faith to declare that he is God. But in the early Christian era, people tended to have a more difficult time believing Jesus was a man. Many of them believed he was God and his humanity was just a matter of appearances. But both of these are error. Gospel accounts such as Mark's take pains to declare that Jesus' humanity was true humanity and his deity was true deity and we can build a deep relationship with this one true God knowing he is everything his word promises him to be. Fully God and fully man. It's unique today that we can see him as man, and we struggle in our time to see him as God. And our forefathers knew that this was God, but they struggled to see him as a man. What a flipping mindset. I don't want to be an error on either way. I want to understand and know that Jesus is God Almighty. Oh, hallelujah. No one can stop the wind and the rain, but Jesus can. Because he's full deity. He's God. Oh, hallelujah. Yes, he was tired after that day, and he went to sleep because he's man. Oh, but he's God incarnate in bodily form. Oh, aren't you glad to know who Jesus is? Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I know when I start talking about Jesus and his power and his might and what he can do. I don't know about you. Oh, but I feel chills running down my back. Oh, because I know what he has done for me. What a mighty God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The disciples did not see God out of character. The incarnation was God actually in character. The humanity of Christ did not hide God. It actually revealed God. It showed who God is. When Jesus wept, he was not betraying his fleshly weakness. The incarnation gave God a body That was capable of suffering unique physical pains. But they are pains that transcend, there are pains that transcend the body. Jesus wept not because he had physical tears, he wept because God weeps. When we see the Son of God, we are seeing God at his most authentic, not his least. The flesh of God was not a veil hiding God's essence. Instead, God's incarnate incarnate flesh was a window through which we could see God clearly. God's flesh does not reveal God's weakest side, his best side, or any side. The incarnation showed us God's most complete self. That's God. We read about it in this book uh, and the exploits and the things that Jesus did uh, And we get to see who God is. That's God, Jesus. Amen. Amen. There's so many people confused about this today. And we put them in different deities and the Holy Trinity and all this other stuff. And it's just one God. It's just one. Jesus is God. Amen. The incarnation is the beating heart of the Christian's faith. We have been entrusted with the apostles' account of Jesus. In these accounts, Jesus clearly suffered the weakness of humanity, but he also very clearly worked as he only can. It is interesting that Mark painted Jesus in such a human color in this story, a story when a problem arose that only a deity could solve. It is almost as if the clash of human frailty and divine omnipotence was intentional. But maybe the way Mark framed the calming of the sea with Jesus' human weakness was intended to give the reader a sense of what this event must have been like for the disciples. They had just carried a sleep into the boat, and then they faced a mighty tempest, a power beyond human reckoning, what could the man that, that they just watched collapse do? Yes, he performed many miracles earlier in the day, but prophets a long time ago had also performed similar miracles, but never had a man held the reins to the wild sea and the wind. Never before had this been done. And the reins are a unique analogy I've heard it said before, a person riding a horse, the horse riders in the, in the building are probably not going to like this analogy. But you have the spurs and the reins. One makes them go and one makes them stops. That's the Lord. He, he does it how he wants to do it. Stop it, make it go, turn it upside down. He has that power. Sometimes in my humanity, I can't understand that. But I know He can. We always want to know how. I want to figure it out. How did I? I'm, I'm, I love puzzles. How did He do that? I wonder what happened. I wonder. I want. It's just God. You can't figure it out. You can't understand it. Uh, Brother Mose said it last, uh, last Sunday or Wednesday night. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are on a different. Plain in our thoughts. We we can't understand all the things about the Lord. But we just gotta know we can trust Him. We know He has our best interest in mind. Amen. We look back at the disciples with awe. How could they have missed this? Jesus told them who He was. He even demonstrated through miracles and wonders that He was more than a carpenter, rabbi, or prophet. He was divine but they didn't see it. However, they knew he was a carpenter. They followed him as a rabbi. They listened to him as a prophet. And we have the benefit of the cross and an empty grave and a full upper room to give us more context. However, we too must be careful lest life's illnesses, disappointments, and hardships cloud our view that Jesus really is able to calm all our storms. Because he is the creator. When he speaks, the waves and the winds he controls must calm. We are saved whether he calms the storm or he calms our soul. Jesus is who he said he is. Today you can leave encouraged. We can rest in this hope. He is who he said he was. Has anybody ever tested him and he failed you? Not one time. Not one time has he ever come up short. Uh, Not one time has he ever failed me. Not one time. Uh, He is who he says that he is. The question today is are there any God side storms? in your life that only God can calm? If so, have you asked him to calm the storms? Is there any God-sized storms in your life today that only God can calm? And have you looked in the back of the boat and said, God, I need you to calm the storm. I'm about to perish here. I need you to calm. I've done all I know how to do. I need you to calm the storm. He is who he says that he is. Oh, hallelujah. I'm glad I can trust in him today. Can we stand this morning and just magnify the Lord?